Studio. This is the Unnerved Banter. Welcome back to the Unnerved Banter. It's the show where we discuss topics that are strange, terrifying, and sometimes just plain silly. I'm your host, Chris Fricky. And if you're more used to the story episodes, this is a little bit different. It's more of a conversational platform. And today I'll be joined once again by Jeremiah, where we'll be discussing the strange case of Mary Toft, the woman who birthed rabbits. That's right. Back in the 18th century, this actually happened. And we'll be getting into that as well as uh, some disturbing information about pigs and uh, their more darker side. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. And without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Unnerved Banter. This is episode, is this three or four? Episode four. Episode four of the banter. Thanks for joining us again. I am here with, once again, Jeremiah Harlow. Jeremiah, how are you, sir? Hello, Chris. I am good. Sick once again. Sick once again. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Nailed it. (laughs) New week, new sickness. Oh, what's your sickness now? Oh, you know, just some kind of, some kind of virus. Who can say? Turns out you do need sleep to live. It's true. It is important. I've been on a no sleep diet and it's not good. What do you use for a mattress in your bus? I have an actual mattress, one of the foam ones that I cut down. So it's just shy of, oh, I don't know. I'd say it's just shy of a queen size, but it's a little smaller than that probably. How thick is it? Um, Probably eight inches. Okay, that's yeah. not too bad. No, it's pretty thick. I mean, it's comfy. It'll get you there. When we got the mattress, the foam mattress for our van, I wanted one that was like, yeah, eight inches. But we ended up getting a really nice one for free, and it's like 11 to 12 inches. Like, it's a, it's pretty thick, but I'm not complaining. It's really comfortable. Oh, lovely. Here's a fun fact. So it mine was like a three-layer type of situation. The bottom layer is the most hard, and then a like a medium uh medium softness middle layer and then a really soft top layer and i peeled off the top layer to cut up for my bench cushions and then made some custom covers for them and so i'm only sleeping on the medium and hard layer so it could be better just say that nice yeah i mean you got more uses out of it so that's nice it's true save a little money but yeah, a little, little hack if you're building out a van or a bus. There's a special little hack for you. That's right. Yeah. Or even just in your home and you want to make some cozy furniture. Never underestimate how many layers might be in your mattress. Yeah. Well, Chris, what do you have for us today? All right. Well, today, let's jump right into it. We are going to be covering the case of the woman who gave birth to rabbits. So this is a historic event that happened back in the 18th century. Uh, If you've never heard of this story before, it's actually pretty well documented. 
I was impressed with all the details that are recorded from this event. It was at one time a, uh, yeah, very much a newsworthy event. It was covered uh, quite well in newspapers and things of the sort. So if you want to look more into this, you're more than welcome to. We're going to do uh, a brief look over of the events that unfolded with the woman named Mary Toft uh, back in the 18th century. Uh, she was, I guess you could say, on the lower class uh, side of things. She was uh, came from more of a poor family, and her job was uh, field work, harvesting uh, out in the field and working out there. And her husband was a clothier, if I'm saying that right. So someone who makes clothes for people. And uh, yeah, kind of a poor family, and they had two children together. And she was pregnant with a third child, but unfortunately had a miscarriage, which was quite a bit more common back in the day. And two months after her miscarriage, she went into labor. So there was a lot of confusion as to what was going on. Um, uh, Chris? Yeah? Do you mean she went into labor like having a child or she went back out into the fields to labor? Well, she was laboring every day, but she went to to birthing labor. A little different. Ah, gotcha. But she went to labor and surprised everyone. Her mother-in-law and midwife came to her side, and she gave birth to a liverless cat. Don't ask me why it was liverless. That's just what it says. I don't know how they came to that conclusion. Um, but she, yeah, gave birth to what seemed to be a liverless cat of some kind. So they called in the local obstetrician, which I believe is just like a surgeon. And his name was John Howard. And he seemed to have quite the shock of hearing of the story and was on his way. And by the time he got there, Mary had given birth to not only a liverless cat but multiple rabbits. They were dead bunnies. And he was uh, very confused by this. And he wrote some of England's greatest doctors and King George I. And he collected the specimen uh, for them to you know, study together and figure out what on earth uh, was happening. Were these real bunnies? They sure had the appearance of bunnies. So the king sent a doctor to investigate and when he arrived, Miss Toft was going into labor once again with her 15th rabbit. My goodness. And he experienced the whole thing. Were there any other liverless cats scattered in there? No more liverless cats, no. Just one. I, at some point, I'll get to that. I believe it's covered in on this uh, website. But at some point, she gave gave birth to more than just rabbits and a liverless cat. I'm, I'm getting there. But right now we're we're in the point of the labor where she's, you know, popping out the rabbits, okay? It's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, it's about to get more uncomfortable, Jeremiah. Um, the king's doctor was certain she was genuine and took some of the offspring back to London to show the monarch and prince of Wales. And while he was there, uh, he also was in uh, contact with John Howard, and they both examined um, the previous liverless cat and other rabbits that she had birthed, and 
didn't seem to notice anything out of the ordinary. Like, yep, these are rabbits. These are baby rabbits she gave birth to, and we watched her give birth to these rabbits. So very strange. Uh, where am I? Oh, no. Chris has got lost in the fiction. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> where am I? You're here, Chris. You're here. Uh, okay, so... It's 2023. <laughs> so back to the king's doctor who brought back the rabbits uh, to show the monarch and the Prince of Wales. That then prompted them to send another surgeon from the royal household to come and see Mary and take a look. That surgeon, apparently more sensible than the others, examined the rabbits and he looked into the dung of one of the rabbits and in the dung was corn and straw. By seeing this, it proved to him that it could not have developed inside of Mary Toft's womb. Meanwhile, Mrs. Toft was busy giving birth to other unusual things, including a cat's leg and a hog's bladder. What the heck? This woman is birthing some strange things. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Does it tell you how, like, over what course of time all this is happening? Um, not in this particular article, but like I said, this is covered quite in depth, um, timelines and everything. Off the top of my head, I don't remember exactly. I'm assuming a few months this is happening, but typically when you have a child, you know, you're done for, you know, at least, you know, another nine months. Um, but no, she continually was, um, having more and more rabbits and... Did anybody check? You know how when you're trying to convince a kid that you eat, like, the plastic sandwich they give you? And you go, oh, and you just kind of turn sideways, and you it looks like they, like you put it in your mouth. Right. Is anybody sort of making sure that's not happening, but sort of in reverse? <laughs> like, she just had rabbits in her pockets, and was like, oh, no, here comes another one. Whoop. Yeah, I thought, yeah, she was hiding the rabbits like under her dress you know and then and then like the doctor waited in the other room and then she was like oh i've i've had another rabbit and then he came like sure enough and and these rabbits too they were you know they were not dry they were wet not only that that's not what happened where the doctor was in the other room like the doctors actually saw the rabbits being birthed like actually yeah. coming out of her so yeah it, it it was very confusing and and they're sure that she wasn't like what's that over there <laughs> and every everybody in the room looked and then she, she like quickly covered a rabbit in soap and like threw it on the table it's like oh. you know what i think was happening i think her womb was a portal that was connected to some magician's magical hat you know, where they, oh, yeah. you know, with the rabbits, they always put the rabbit in the hat and the rabbit disappears. I think it was a portal to Mary Toff's womb. That's my, that's my guess. Wow. Good, good thinking, Chris. That's sort of that following the line of least resistance, you know, that just, yep. that makes the most sense. It's the most logical solution. And so <laughs> that by, by calculation, that must be the most likely as well. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. So, so this was a big 
big news headline. Like this news spread like crazy and people were super fascinated by this. It spread like crazy and a lot of people believed it. And so the medical opinion was divided, as you can imagine. Uh, and then someone was caught. There was a man that she had convinced to bring her a rabbit, and the man was sneaking rabbits into Mrs. Toff's room. Chris, did you say room or womb? <laughs> Both. <laughs> into her womb. First, the bunny was snuck into her room, and then it snuck into her womb. Sneaking rabbits into my womb. Because this guy got caught, his excuse was she was hungry, and he was just bringing her rabbits. So that's kind of strange. Yeah, what is she, Smeagol? Yeah, but if you're giving birth to a bunch of rabbits, I think that would be the last thing on your appetite uh, to eat rabbit, but I don't know. I don't know. Pregnancy cravings are strange. I don't know. So he was caught, and then she was confronted by the courts, and they not only brought up why the rabbit was snuck in, her excuse was, I was hungry, but they also brought up, what about the rabbit poop? How come there's corn and straw in it? And again, she denied it, and she didn't know why. Um, So one of the physicians was so upset with her that he threatened her and said, if you don't tell the truth, I will be forced to cut into you and figure out what on earth is going on inside your womb. And so she eventually broke down and she was forced to admit what was really going on. She was manually inserting the dead rabbits and then allowed them to be removed as if she were giving birth. So... The hoaxer was later charged with fraud, imprisoned, and she spent a few months in prison and then returned to relative obscurity. So there wasn't really a written law against what she did. Like, she didn't really break any laws except lie and deceive people. But it created such a fuss that they wanted to discipline her in some way. So, yeah, they put her in in prison And uh, they held her for a little while. And then, you know, there were so many upset people outside the jail. They decided that, you know, it it wasn't worth keeping her. So they let her go eventually. And and yeah, she was uh, she was ridiculed the rest of her life. And also for the king's doctor, he met an unhappy end after convinced by the scam himself. He published a pamphlet called A Short Narrative of an Extraordinary Delivery of Rabbits. But after the ruse was exposed, he uh, lost favor with the court and other people. So he ended up dying uh, a very poor man. And uh, his career was not the same after that incident. So a lot of people, you know, speculate why on earth she was doing this. And kind of a popular conclusion is that she was just trying to get well, attention, and uh, maybe, you know, at the time, freak shows and, you know, different circuses where people had strange obscurities about them. People think that she was trying to get into one of those uh, to be the woman who birthed rabbits and actually make an income of some kind off of this lie. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that obviously didn't pan out. But it tricked a lot of people for a really long time. And what a strange idea. I don't know where on earth 
someone would come up with that idea of oh this was be, this would be a good scam this will this, this will get this is believable it's very strange yeah they put her in jail because they were kind of disturbed about what she had done and I can relate to the disturbance it's pretty bizarre I don't really like it yeah also I can't get over in my head the similarities between the sound of saying sneaking wabbits into my womb um, <laughs> and sneaking wabbits into your womb. <laughs> it's like, that's all I can hear in my head. Wabbit, wabbits in my womb. Silly wabbit. Um, the, the whole thing is weird, but, you know, like the pig's stomach and the liverless yeah. cat, what that, I still don't know what that means. So... Yeah, so what was happening, um, her husband was actually, I forgot to mention this, her husband behind the scenes was actually purchasing these rabbits. Mm, so he knew. Yeah, he, so he was in on it. He was purchasing the rabbits and sneaking them in. Yep, and then she took it from there. So yeah, it's very disturbing. It's very strange, very odd. But also at the time, you know, this is the 18th century, you know, a lot of, uh, I mean, what we know in the medical world back then you know they didn't know as much they're still learning we're still learning today but you know it definitely wasn't as as advanced as it is today and so the fact that she was able to trick so many people kind of gives you an idea as to where they were as far as medical science like she tricked a lot of people she tricked a lot of medical professionals i mean until that she couldn't anymore but i i think too like why would you keep going? If you had everyone tricked after the first batch of rabbits, why would you keep going? Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't you just let the, you know, if you wanted to actually successfully carry out a lie, why would you keep going? Why would you keep birthing rabbits and birthing other random things like a, like a pig's bladder, was it? Yeah. Yeah, a bladder. Why would you, yeah, and a, and a cat's leg. Like, why would you keep doing that to yourself? Yeah. Like to keep this lie going. Like you've already fooled enough. Like if you keep going, it's just like it's just gonna be more unbelievable. You're like, what's this? I've birthed a shotgun. What next? Look, a cart. <laughs> I birthed an entire cart. A Tesla. <laughs> a car from the future. I birthed a Tesla. And what's that? A Tesla charging station. <laughs> At uh, this point, it might as well be. It's yeah. That's crazy. Hmm. Very interesting story. Like I said, this is covered a lot more in depth. If you want to look into it, feel free to. Uh, like I said, I just did a kind of brief overview of it. But yeah, super strange story. Is this the same era that a lot of uh, surgeons were also barbers? Because that could have been part of it. Is they're just like, well, we don't really know too much because we're equally barbers and surgeons. So... Sounds good to me. Yeah, we we know how to use a knife. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's a disturbing story, though. Very interesting. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, I think. Yeah, that's the story of uh, Mary Toft and the woman who convinced the world that she was birthing rabbits. What do you have to share, sir? Yeah, I've got something for us as well. This is a very unnerving fact of life, I suppose you could call it. Do you know what a herbivore is? Herbivores eat plants, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, carnivores only meat, and omnivores, omni, eat both. So 
This is just kind of an interesting little tidbit about some creatures, specifically ones that we are, or one that we are all pretty familiar with, that a lot of us think of as herbivores, but are actually omnivores and can actually uh, be kind of terrifying when it comes to their meat-eating tendencies. So there are multiple cases throughout the United States and elsewhere even, you know, as, as recent as the past couple years of pigs eating people. You've heard about this before? I believe so, yes. And you, you grew up in the middle of Nebraska. Did you have much interaction with pigs? So where I grew up, it was primarily cows. Cows, horses, that's mostly the economy there. Uh, but, you know, the occasional pig. Like, some people would have pigs. For sure. And and something that sticks out in my mind whenever I was around pigs, it was just extremely, I mean, the scent was just extremely pungent. It was very, very smelly. And I always thought to myself, yeah, I, I would never raise pigs. They're delicious, but they smell awful. They are, they're very messy, messy creatures. Yeah. No, they, they stink. I actually, I don't mind the smell so much because I, you know, my family, some of them at least are from Kansas and... There's a good chunk of pigs there, and so I remember, especially when I was younger, smelling them, and it's like, ugh, it kind of stinks, but, you know, there's like that farmyard sort of good smell sometimes. Kind of nostalgic. I don't know, yeah, but unlike you, I didn't grow up in a in a cow-based economy. Right. Um, so maybe not as familiar, but yeah, pigs are, are uh, omnivores, and there are multiple cases... Um, if you look it up, there's actually quite a few, even up until the recent years, like I said, um, of pigs eating people, which is pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um, wild pigs, whether you're talking feral hogs that have that have kind of gone wild, escaped from captivity, um, and then returned to their roots in the wild, or even wild boar are like notoriously very vicious and have killed people in self-defense or, you know, using their tusks just... I mean, they're wild animals, so you got to be careful around them, and they can be pretty aggressive. But these, no, these are just your regular farmyard pigs, the big pink ones a lot of times. And there's a couple cases. For the most part, this is not the pigs being aggressive and, like, attacking a farmer that we know, but more situations where somebody was tending the pigs, and then they had some kind of medical... Um, issue that caused them to either become unconscious or potentially even die and then the pigs will actually eat the person oh no so it's not so much attacking even though they can be aggressive like it was most of the cases are people who are just like passed out yeah yeah they're scavengers in a way and in the wild it would be the same way and there's actually quite a few animals in the wild like hippos are an example of this like they will eat anything like they'll eat dead animals um chickens are the same way like they will eat other dead chickens or you know really any kind of meat that you give them you don't think of chickens as being carnivore or carnivoristic uh, you know they're they're herb or they're not herbivores they are omnivores so yeah they're they're basically dinosaurs chickens pretty much i don't know chickens are evil dude like yeah yeah (laughs) tiny feathery raptors and, like, if we were shrunk down the size of a mouse, a chicken would absolutely just gobble us up. Yep, for sure. 
It's kind of crazy. Um, I think that with cats often, that like if our house cats were blown up to the size of a tiger or a lion or something, they would just eat us like almost immediately. Yep. You know, just the way they look at you sometimes like, ah, you're scary, but you're small. So. Right. But cats, they love, I think dog, well, dogs do this too. Like once they chase down a, you know, whether it's a bird or mouse, squirrel, whatever, like they'll maul it, they'll maul it, they'll play with it, you know, until it dies, until it doesn't move anymore. And they'll either eat it or they won't. They'll just let it, you know, be there. So think of that. Like if you shrunk down to a mouse size, the cat would just like beat you up, you know, (laughs) until you wouldn't move anymore, you know, or just hold you in its mouth. Like that's Mm -hmm. so what I'm saying is they could have made Honey, I Shrunk the Kids into a way more violent film. Missed opportunity. Just saying. It's true. They could have released two versions. One, uh, PG or G, the other one R. Yep. For really scary. Uh, they could make a horror film called The Pigs Got Out or something. <laughs> but no, pigs are scary. That's kind of summing up my little tidbit for this episode is that pigs are really scary. They are and can be massive. Look up videos or images of very large barnyard pigs. They are huge. I mean, yeah. scary big. Um, and then, like I said, they they aren't terribly aggressive for the most part that I understand when they're actually farm pigs, just, you know, raised there at the farm. But pigs will go feral extremely quickly when you release them back into the wild. And within just a generation or two, they will be almost entirely back to their original, like, wild form. They'll even grow tusks and all of that, like, it, extremely quickly. So um, they're just kind of, uh, they're sort of an unassuming creature, but pretty scary. Some of these stories of people that have passed out in a pig pen, and then later on, people come to look for them, and the person is largely just gone, minus... <laughs> Minus a few bits that oh man that remain to kind of let people know that something happened there. It's it's wild to the point where some of the stories I was looking at, most people don't even know what happened to the person. <laughs> they just disappeared. Yeah, be- well, they know obviously that the pigs were why that person disappeared. Um, trying to keep it pretty well PG, but. They don't know what happened to the person if they had a heart attack or or got knocked over by the pigs and then it was unconscious because there's no there's no way to do an autopsy to see what happened to the the individual that was in the pen. Right. So pretty just sort of ominous and scary and just goes to show you that, you know, animals are animals and especially when it comes to pigs, they can be pretty pretty vicious. So if you raise pigs when you feed them, make sure there's two people there. Go in pairs in case someone passes out. Yeah. Because um, it sounds like pigs can gobble someone up pretty quickly. And if you, you know, if you watch pigs, like I've watched pigs, like where they, again, I'm not a pig expert, and I'm not an expert in pigs, but when I've seen pigs, like where they live, there's no plants or even weeds around their pens like it's just mud and dirt like they all they're constantly sticking their face into the mud trying to find anything to nibble and eat Mm -hmm. 
So if there's anything lying around, like they're probably going to bite into it and try it out, you know, and if it's a human, you know, hey, it's meat. Yep. So opportunistic. And I don't want to say that like all pigs are just, you know, violent. And I mean, I know people even keep little potbelly pigs or even big potbelly pigs as pets in their house. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that a lot of them have great personalities. But, you know, it just is is one of those things where especially these ones that aren't living in a house with people or who knows, maybe even those it's, you know, they are animals. And like you said, opportunistic, maybe, I mean, I'm sure to them, it's not a moral dilemma. You know, it's like you said, they just, Oh, here's some food. Yep. Let me just chomp down on it. So pretty wild though. Yeah. It's not impossible. I mean, there's tons of cases, even more commonly. So of cats, eating their owners, you know, if they've passed mm-hmm. out or whatever, died yep. in the home or whatever. There's several cases of that where cats, you know, they're not getting fed. So, you know, hey, what's edible? Well, my owner is, you know, and same with dogs. Like, it's, it is uncommon. It hap- It. I'm just saying it happens. Same with a pig. I mean, yep. if there's no, especially emotional attachment, they just eat. So if there's an opportunity, they'll take it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And it's, it's, kind of touchy because it's like man i don't i don't like to think that all animals just at their core are you know we all have a deep connection to our pets and and feel like our pet loves us and i think you know some of them do and all that but then that's i think to me at least why it falls into the category of unnerving is just because it's kind of startling to learn about you're like wait a second hold on maybe i am just food (laughs) Yeah, everything's capable of something maybe a little bit darker. You just look at your liverless cat sitting there on the counter, and <laughs> they're like, mm, delicious. You know what? Even rabbits. Rabbits are maybe capable of this, too. I don't they, know. Yeah. No, I've I've heard of rats for sure. Well, I've been bitten by rabbits before. Like, those suckers can really bite down. They can make you bleed. Um, yeah. Hey, maybe they even have a taste for blood. I don't know. Did the rabbit that bit you look like he enjoyed the flavor? I I was a little too preoccupied by screaming and yelling and running away. So Goodness. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'm not sure what its response was. But I, I think it definitely got some satisfaction out of chomping down on my finger. Yeah. At the very least thought, wow, look what I made this human do. Jump yeah. Around. I was just trying to pet it, man. It was yeah. a pet rabbit. It wasn't like a wild rabbit. I got bit by a hamster when I went to look at one as a young young person. I It was my birthday. I got to go to the pet store and pick out a hamster, a little teddy bear hamster. And I went twice. The first time, one of the hamsters in the cage bit me, but I did not want to tell anyone because I was too afraid that either my parents wouldn't let me actually get one or that I like had a disease or something. I don't know. So I didn't tell anyone. And then we go home, and my brother and I shared a room, and I told him, I was like, don't tell anyone, but a hamster bit me. And he ran to our parents and was like, yeah, Jeremiah got bit by a hamster. And they brought me down, and it was this whole deal, or at least it felt like it to me. It wasn't that big of a deal. They were just kind of like, oh, okay, well, just let us know. But then next time I remember I wore gloves, these, like, big fuzzy gloves. So all the pictures of me getting my hamster, I'm, wearing like winter gloves holding it that's funny how long did you have it uh they live about two and a half years or something well i'm glad it didn't eat you guys yeah no 
beady little eyes. Looked like he wanted to, but. <laughs> so, anyways, that's what I have. Some spooky pig stories of consuming their owners. So that's the moral of the story is uh, if you own pigs, be careful. Yeah. They're, you're probably fine, though. You're probably fine. This is probably, this is really rare. But, I mean, I'm just saying, they're capable. It only happens to, like, three out of every four pig owners. Yeah, yeah. So you should be okay. Yeah. The chances are more likely that you will be eaten by a pig than birthing rabbits. I would say the chances are more likely. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But, I mean, unless it's the 1800s and then anything goes. Yep, anything goes. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Jeremiah. Thanks for thanks for that insight. Shall we check our voicemails from our uh, voicemail box here? Oh, yeah. Do we got we got some more more people calling in? Let's check. Oh no, no one. Oh, what a bummer! Absolutely no one. Well, see, so, Chris, you got my hopes up. <laughs> You're hoping it was another. Uh, you were hoping that fellow was calling back that called last well, time. Well, I knew pretty. I knew pretty positively that he hadn't called back, but... Yeah. So, we don't have any voicemails, so therefore, you guys should leave us one. Again, our voicemail machine is super easy. Um, I'll leave the link in the description. Uh, You just click that, I mean, and then leave us a message, whether it's a question, a comment, um, you know, give us something to talk about in the next banter. We'd love to hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that voicemail machine is found at speakpipe.com forward slash unnerved podcast. We'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you have something you want us to talk about, we would love to hear from you. So yeah, I would also throw in there. I had thought about this last week. If you want to leave us a message and don't want it to be on the show, that's totally cool, too. We'd love yeah. to hear from you either way, because I know at least for me, that would kind of potentially deter me and be like oh i don't want my voice on there because i sound x y or z so yeah we'd love to hear from you either way just give us a call or shoot us an email and um if you don't want it to be on the show just throw that in there too and that's totally fine either way it'd be really cool to hear from listeners and maybe even get some some insights as to topics you'd like to hear but don't feel like it's required that you actually be on the show either yeah, exactly. Just just clarify in the in the message and we can definitely make that happen. So, all right, perfect. Well, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode of the banter. Jairs, anything you want to finish up with? Maybe let's all let's all make it a mission in this 2023 to only birth humans. <laughs> only humans allowed, please. Only humans. All right, that's going to do it for episode four of The Banter. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And if you would like to see photos related to this episode and all the episodes we do, whether it's The Banter or The Story Podcast, Instagram is the perfect place to do that. You can find us at Unnerved Podcast. And uh, yeah, I post there after every episode to keep everyone up to date and give everyone kind of more of a visual of what we're talking about. So follow us there. Also, please feel free to leave us a voicemail, like we said previously, at our voicemail box at speakpipe.com forward slash unnerved podcast. And I'll also leave that link in the description. 
And if you guys are feeling extra generous, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And it only takes a second to do. So that's going to do it for us today. Hope you guys have a good rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Thank you.